we go again. First and foremost, we do want to send our thoughts and prayers to the royal family. What an extraordinary day it has been. God rest the Queen and God save the King. But we're back to talk about football. Uh, postponed games the weekend before last week. So, yeah, no show. Uh, but business was who once and <laughs> Arsenal top of the league. Three points for the boys. Things are the same. Uh, but we're back to discuss it all. Plus our thoughts on Southgate's selection prior to the upcoming international break. Dale, how are we doing, my man? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Um, it's been a it's been a bit of an odd one for me because I've had two long weekends in a row. But I feel like I could do with another one. So I don't know what's happening there, but... You know, we move. Um, but yeah, can't complain, to be honest. Obviously, the good end of the weekend with Arsenal winning yesterday. Um, today's been a bit of an odd, I think. I think it was a bit of an odd one for everyone, uh, just with what was going on and stuff. I think there was just a bit of a odd air in the room and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to going back to work and going back to business, really, um, and just getting my head down. I think that's how people... Sometimes a long weekend is enough just to want to make you get back to basics, you know, go and earn that bread. Um but let's talk about the games, because uh, I know we were talk about England as well. And unfortunately, I'm going to start on Spurs, because what a crisis for Leicester. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was looking on there, like, I was looking back on all the seasons they've had. There was obviously the season where they won the league, which was great. And then they had the dip where they finished 12th. I think it was the season they got rid of Ranieri. Um, but since Rodgers has come in, he's consistently been in the top 10. So, you know, like, he's got high expectations, I guess. But it's been a terrible start to the season. And fuel was added to fire. 6-2 to Spurs. Uh, I mean, Leicester, if you're going to turn up, at least do it against them lot. At least do us Arsenal fans a favour. But, yeah, Sun answering his critics completely. Uh, To be honest, Spurs, look, I I think Leicester were unlucky. Uh, I thought Leicester were the better team for a lot of the game. Uh, a lot of the game, to be honest, from what I saw anyway, I thought like Leicester did play well, but they just haven't got the quality there to actually do anything about it or do anything with it. And Tottenham, they have got the quality in their team now um, and they've got players off the bench that they can now bring on and turn things around. You know, Harry Kane getting a goal, adding, adding to his list. He's trying to break the record of Alan Shearer with the most goals scored against one singular team. And I think he needed a hat-trick in that one. So, thank God, you know, that's a trophy in their cabinet, I guess you could say. Uh, But (sighs) Eric Dyer, look, for me, I'm never going to get the hype around him. He's had a good season, but I I don't want him starting for for England in Qatar. He he capped off a good week. We'll we'll give him that. He capped off a good week. Um, And James Madison as well, look, he... He gave Southgate some some things to think about. He had a great finish. Uh, but Leicester, what are your thoughts on them? I mean, for me, I think they've just got too many problems from top to bottom. I, I don't think it's just the I don't think it's just the manager. I don't think it's the goalkeeper. Even though Danny Ward is nowhere near Premier League level. Uh, mm. But talk to me about your thoughts on Leicester and how you think they can change things around because it, it's, it's not been great, is it? No, it's not been great, mate. To be fair, like you say, though, for the majority of that first half, they were knocking on the door, especially in the first half. They were, like you say, they were knocking it around. They were playing some good football. Obviously, they've lost a lot of players, haven't they? You know, they've they've lost um, Soyuncu at the back. He's gone. They've lost their goalie in Kasper Michael. Kasper Michael was one of the better goalies in the league. They've replaced him with Danny Ward, who, like you say, he's not a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, you know, Jamie Vardy's now getting them, them sort of years where he's not going to, 
you know, he's not going to be a Benzema where he seems to get better as he gets older. You know, he's sort of come into the league, he tore it up for three years and now he's starting to hit that decline. They've never really brought in anyone who's filled his boots, if you like. They've brought in Ian Atro, they've tried him, it hasn't worked. They've brought in Dakar, tried him, it hasn't really worked. Um, you know, Tillemans' future has been up in the air now for a couple of years. Um, you know, James Madison as well, who I thought, by the way, was absolutely brilliant against Spurs. Mm. Yeah, he should have yeah, been on the winning team, really. Like his yeah. performance was just brilliant. To be fair to him, he's probably been the one out of all of the Leicester players that can hold his head up high and say, "Do you know what? I've actually performed," because he's performing in a really underperforming side. But also, you've got to remember the investment they—they they haven't got the, they you know, the, when they won the league and and stuff like that, they were buying players that no one knew and they were turning them into absolute gems, like your Kantes, your Mareses, people like that. Fardy obviously coming in for next to no money and hitting the ground running, but their um, recruitment hasn't been that great in the last few years either. I know this season they've hardly spent anything. Um, and it's, it, it, you know, it's it's, it's proven it, that if you don't spend money, you don't compete um, with the likes of City and Chelsea and in Arsenal, even spending money. Um, it's even proved like with Liverpool, for example, they've not really spent a lot of money and, and they're not as competing like they were two or three years ago. And I think that's the same for Leicester. A lot of the teams around them, who you'd sort of say are in and around them, your West Ham's, you put your teams in that sort of level of the of the the table, they're all spending money, and while well, Leicester haven't been, um, so I think Leicester are. Where do you go with it, really? I think do they change the manager? My my problem is I don't think Brendan Rodgers is 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 he's too good for Leicester, and I don't think that he's a manager that shouldn't be in that position. My problem with it is. Who do they bring in that's a better, more experienced manager than Brendan Rodgers at this moment? I don't know if there is one out there who's Premier League mm. proven. Like you say, he's had for the last two or three seasons, he was knocking on the door of being the, the manager who was going to break into the top, you know, the top four. You know, Leicester threw it away over the last sort of few weeks, the last season and the season before. They they fell off a cliff, didn't they? But in terms mm. of where where people yeah, rank him, fighting manager, for top four at some point, weren't they? This with is what you, I think it was. So, so it's it's one of them. So do you you know what he can do because he's done it before? But obviously, any manager who doesn't get given the resources and the funds and the backing, you're going to struggle. You know, you're losing your best goalkeeper. You, you're you're one of your Johnny Evans is now when he's into his mid thirties. You've got Soyuncu, Solskjaer as well. Like where did that one go? Fana, this is what I'm saying. So you know, when you're a manager and you're losing your best players year in year out, and the players that you're keeping are getting a year older, year older, year older, what what do they really expect him to do? You know, I do feel mm. kind of sorry for Rodgers. I, I don't think he's the greatest manager in the world, but I don't really think Leicester will get better than him. So yeah. it's a, that's how I see Tr- it. Tricky situation. Is the grass going to mm. be greener? That's the only problem. As much as people can see the see what's gone on, what's gone wrong. I think if they it's, they bring a new manager in, there's still problems mm. on the on the field itself. There is there is red flags, especially that think, back line. Like I think you got to look at the playing squad. If you if you, it's not like the, it's not like you know Fafana and Soyuncu are out injured. Fafana's gone. Soyuncu's injured. So it's not even like if he brings another manager in, say, oh, well, once we get the injured players back, this guy might have different ideas. He hasn't got nothing to work with. Yeah. You know, his goal his goalkeeper is. I mean, he's he's not even a championship. I was looking at the other it? option they've got. I, I, um, Iverson, I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced. He can't be that bad to be second best to Danny Ward. You can't be that bad. Um, I know he's on. He was on loan last season, um, so I, he hasn't actually kicked a ball in the Premier League as yeah. far as I know. But blimey, you can't be worse than Danny Ward at the moment. Like he's not showing any good, uh, especially in that game against Tottenham. He was he was just all over the place. He looked a bit lost. And when you've got players like Ndidi making the mistakes that he was making, 
you know, it's just adding fuel to fire because Ndidi's one of those players you look at and you feel like he will carry the team. Uh, the likes of him, the likes of Madison, Harvey Barnes, uh, Jamie Vardy on his day. Mm-hmm. Uh, players like that, you want to step up because if the, if it's going wrong for them, you know, they're the glue of the team. If they're not there, it all falls apart. But I do, I do think though some of their performances this season have been poor, but also some of their performances they haven't got the results that some of the performances deserved. And I know yeah. against top against Tottenham they were good for sort of 45, 50 minutes, and then obviously Tottenham changed it up and took the game away from them. But for forty five minutes, maybe possibly even just just before the hour, they were more than a match for Tottenham. They were causing Tottenham all sorts of problems. I mean, Dakar missed a great opportunity in the first half. Um, obviously, Madison took his goal really well. Um, so they, they, they're they're not. It's not all so bad as you know. I know that they're sitting rock bottom of the league. They've got no wins on the board, but I think they've got more than enough quality with like the likes of Barnes. Fardy will still score goals, which is not at the rate that he would do normally. Um, Madison, Tillemans, Ndidi, Barnes. You know they're good. There's good players there. Dakarini and Nacho have scored goals in the past. They just need mm. to get consistency and, and better numbers. So they're, they've done they've think... done well to keep some of them as well, though, haven't they? Like Madison and Tillemans looked like they was on mm. their way out. I thought Madison was going to go to Newcastle. I was very surprised to see him stay at Leicester. That'll happen. Cause... That'll happen in January, mate. That, I, yeah, think I, I think he's gone. I think mm. he's gone. I think he's gone. I think I think I think Tillemans is gone as well. He's only going to have six months left on his contract. Yeah, they're going to need to make big. some money where they can, aren't they? Because there's yeah, no point yeah. letting him go on till, till the summer. And, and especially too- if they do continue losing and not picking up points, Rodgers will be gone and then they'll have a new manager in who wants to then spend some money. It's yep. just a very strange one that you sell for Farner for 80-odd million. Uh, you sell cash, you get rid of cash for Schmeichel. I know they didn't get a lot of money for him, but you still need to replace him. You've got 80 million there. Surely they could have gone and bought a keeper for 20 or 30 million and bought in another centre-half for 20 or 30 million and still have mm. change, you know what I mean, just to help him. But the fact that they've it, done nothing... It got to the point with Fofana where I just thought, surely you don't sell him now because, you know, you were knocking on the last, mm. you know, the 59th minute of the 11th hour. Don't mm. let him go now because you're not going to have time to replace him. Yeah. And, and the inevitable has happened, really. You get rid of players like that and you don't replace them. There's going to be huge consequences mm. Can't get rid of a goalkeeper like Smichael. Get rid of that's, your best centre back, and then just expect a goal yeah, as normal. That's why I feel sorry. That's why I feel sorry for Rogers because it's like if you take out your best goalie, your best centre half, and your best striker's aging, and you've got no, and you and you get say, I don't know what they got for Cashbush Michael in the end, but I know one they million. Got I think it was. I think it was but, just one million. But even if they said to him, look, you, all the money we get for Fofana, you can buy two or three players with that eighty million. Surely they could have gone out and got some decent players just to bolster the squad and, and give him something. Just to get depth, yeah, nothing. just to have some sort of options yeah. other than they've what they've got. Him, they've given him nothing, mate. So I do feel for him a bit. But at the same time, you know, he's got to work with what he's got and he's got to find a way quickly of getting results because he will be out the door if it if it doesn't mm. turn I mean, quick. I was looking at their next games, Forest at home and then Bournemouth away. So for me, right. it's a six-pointer or you're gone. Mm. It's got to be yeah. that case. If he, doesn't take, know, if he doesn't take points out of that, he's gone. Yeah. And I know a lot of Wester fans are probably hoping they do sort of... It's one of them situations where I've seen fans now say like, oh, can we lose so we go out the door? Mm. But they need to remember they are actually playing... Like you said, I think they were on... Like you said about the results that are not really ending up being the way they deserve. I think the Spurs game was that. I don't think they deserve to get hammered 6-2, no way. No, it wasn't and I mean, a 6-2 game. In, in, until Sun came on, it it showed that on the field. It was quite mm. back and forth. Um, just fortunately, Spurs have a good defence, Leicester don't. Um, and then, yeah, Sun came on and done what he'd done best, put people to sleep. Absolute nonsense I was, weir- I was reading 
the last few weeks. Spurs fans saying drop him. Okay, yeah, you've got you've brought in Richarlison, but you can't forget what he did for them last season. Golden boot got them top four by a complete distance and I say it every day Son is the biggest threat they've got I don't care how many goals Harry Kane gets I don't get I don't care what record he breaks Son has got a lot more in his locker he's more he's more of a danger to he's more of a force to be reckoned with Kane you know you know what you get with him Son's got pace he's got fire he's he's just confident and I tell you what they weren't just it weren't just a hat-trick in 13 minutes two of those goals were just superb and I looked at him and I thought you're doing that like he did that with two different feet. One was with his left, one was with his right. Who does that? Uh, he is no. a magician. Um, I got and, into a in, I got into a debate on Twitter on Twitter with a few Spurs fans because they were saying that, like you say, they were calling for him to be dropped, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing, mate. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. He's an elite footballer. He should. I know it sounds bad on Spurs fans, and they're probably not going to like me for saying this, but he should be at a better club than Spurs. Spurs should mm. be lucky. Spurs should be counting their blessings at how. They've kept hold of him, not just not not just this season, or like in the past two mm. or three years. He's been their best player by a country mile. Kane's very yeah. inconsistent. Kane, yeah, he'll put in good performances where you go, oh my god, what a goal! Wow, what a performance! But Son, especially the last season, every game he played, it was like, wow, this guy is unbelievable. He is. If he was at Real Madrid, everyone would be saying that he's one of the best wingers in the world. He is one of the best yeah. wingers, not in the yeah. Premier League. He's one of the yeah. best left in, wingers in, in the world. In terms of like how he stuck around as well, the loyalty he showed that club. Loyal, yeah. Let's be honest, like he he doesn't need to be that loyal. Tomorrow he could have anyone knocking on the door, and look, taking my Arsenal hat off, he's levels above anyone else that Tottenham have got, and I mean levels. Um, and I think Harry Kane is yep one of the best strikers in the league. But if I'm putting Son and Kane in a, in a conversation, like I'm taking Son all day mm. because he has a bot. He's more versatile. He's got more about him, and he's more consistent. And yeah, fortunately, unfortunately for me, he's found some form uh, creeping up to the North London derby. Well, also, so it's, also it's though, surprise, surprise. you got you got you got to praise his mentality and his uh, his attitude because when you get dropped, you can go one or two ways. You can either sulk about it and 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 throw your to- your toys out of the pram. And cry about it, or you can do what he done, which was go on the pitch, score a hat trick, and say to Conte, "Don't fucking drop me again, mate." So I got mm. you, you. You got to even even praise that. I, I love him, mate. I think he's unbelievable. I think he's a brilliant. Yeah. I, I think the thing is as well because he got the golden boot last season. Um, that gives you a higher expectation mm. forever onwards. Mo Salah can have one bad game, but because he's won mm. the golden boot, that looks like ten bad games to another player. So mm. this is the problem with football now. If you if you hit a certain level, you're meant to do that forever and onwards. Which is, to be honest, an impossible mission. It's never going to happen. Yeah, if you're not uh, you Messi. Know, it's not. It's not Messi and Ronaldo. That's that. Yeah. only two. You're asking. You're asking for for a disappointment if you're expecting that son every game. But yeah, yeah. back in business. Um, yeah, certainly answering his critics. I don't think there'll be any more of Spurs fans asking for him to be on the bench. Um, but yeah, Wolves nil, City three. <laughs> your mate, look, Dale. Your sour grapes. When are they going to stop? I actually I actually got vindicated in this because again I had a bit of a back and forth with some City fans on Twitter after I'm not denying the guy is an amazing finisher but he, you put give him a chance it's ending up outside the, the box this one as well isn't it no and listen listen he's he's adding it every time I slate him he had his he adds another goal to it that you go okay he can do it but th- my point is not around his goal scoring or him as a player and him fitting into the city team and what he was brought in for I understand he's a striker his job's to score goals city don't need him to do anything other than put the ball in it I understand all of that and I completely agree 
as a finisher, he is elite. My point is, in this day and age, especially in a Pep team and a Klopp team and a Conte team, being a finisher isn't what you you have to be more than that. Look at Aguero, for example, when Pep got him, he got him running back, he got him chasing down the play, he got him, you know, pressing from the front. My issue with Haaland is not as him as a player or a goal scorer. My issue is with if he doesn't score in a game, and there will be games this season that he doesn't score in, what does he add to City? And no City fan can tell me what he actually brings to their team that makes them better other than the goals. And I mm. completely agree. The goals are there. That's what he's brought in for. I understand that and I appreciate that. But when he's not scoring, does he improve their team? He, if you watch his overall play, his first touch isn't great. His hold-up play is not great. He doesn't really get into physicality with, you know, like, like, like Drogba, Costa, them sort of players. He doesn't pin the defenders and roll them. He doesn't get assists. He doesn't, do you know what I'm saying? It's that type of stuff. And I think it's probably more the football purist in me where you look at like the likes of strikers we've had in the past, like Suarez, Henri. It's the comparisons, Drogba. isn't it? It's the comparisons. It's, it's, the, it's the complete package. And he's not the complete package. He's a brilliant finisher. and take nothing away from the guy as a finisher. The goals he scores are brilliant finishes. But other than that, I just expected a bit more from him. And it might come with Pep. Pep will work with him and improve his game in certain areas. But if you actually watch his game against Wolves the other day, other than putting the ball in the net, he did nothing. And I get that that, that, that Man City fans... Are, well, that's do you feel like that is a case of there just being other players to do it for him, though? Like, yeah, possibly. Say, you, possibly, say if you possibly. take away, like, De Bruyne, for example, he's been brilliant. He's been brilliant this season. No doubt the best 10 that there has been this season, without a doubt. He's just on fire. Six, I think six assists in seven games now. If you take him out of the, take him out of the picture, do you think that will perhaps make Haaland step up his game and show that he can yeah. do that? Yeah, listen. It's hard to it's hard to slate someone who scored the goals he scored. Mm-hmm. In but he but you've got to let, and like I say he's work, he's playing in a team where he would arguably say, well, why do I need to do that? You know, I'm still scoring. I'm getting the numbers. I'm getting without having to do that. So, but it's just that I want when he came to the Premier League with the reputation that he had. I thought he was going to be an all round like an all round. He can dribble. He can beat a man one on one. He can hold the ball up. He can flick it on. He can run in behind. I thought he'd have all of them attributes to his. Of his game, but he doesn't. He just had well, we, not that we've seen yet. All we've seen is him be anonymous for 85 minutes and then pop up with a goal. And I get that that's a talent in itself. That it's like a goalkeeper when you say he doesn't do nothing all game, but then in the 89th minute he pulls off one save and it's the best save, you know, it saves them the game. I, I fully appreciate that. I just want to see him, you know, like when you watch Mbappe, for example, Mbappe, yeah. he's taking players on one on one. He's, he's, you know, he's on the right wing, cutting in on his right foot. He's taking players on. He's linking up with, with, with players, running in behind. He's doing his flicks and his tricks and stuff like that. I thought Haaland would be more like that, and I think it's probably where I've just looked at it and gone, oh, actually, he's just a big lad who sticks it in the net, which is his job, and I and I fully appreciate that. He's got blistering pace, but I just think that it'd be interesting to see in the games where he doesn't score, where you say, do you know what? He had such an impact on the game and he didn't get a goal. That's what I'm waiting for. You know, where he can mm. say, well, do you know what? His movement created space for other people to get in or he he won two headers that set up the goal or he took on that player and pulled it back for a De Bruyne to score this time. And you just see something different. But when I watched him against Wolves, the amount of times the ball come into him and a touch was bouncing off of him or he went to turn and he stood on the ball or he, he, he just did... He's, he's quite an awkward footballer, isn't he? And he, maybe it's just that he's not as nice on the eye as like an Mbappe or something like that. And that's maybe where I'm looking at it going, well, as a, as a fan or football in general, 
I don't take to that sort of player as much as I would take to like an Henri or a Mbappe where they're yeah. a bit more silky and a bit more flary. So maybe it's it's me looking at it through that sort of lens. But listen, you can't take nothing away from the guy. He's a brilliant, he's a brilliant, brilliant finisher. And I've never questioned his his the fact that he'll score goals. If you go back to the, the videos we had at the start of the season, I said this guy will score hat full mm. of goals. But I just think that his overall game is not, you know, is not what everybody giving him the hype for just yet. It, it might come. I and mean, I'm not saying well, he's not got the I mean, it's 11 and 7 now, isn't it? Yeah, so you can't I think that's how the record's definitely, definitely Mate, been you chased. You can't um, argue with his goal scoring. Listen, in that City team, he doesn't need to do anything more. And I understand that he doesn't need to be more than just a goal scorer. And that's, that's the luxury he has. But I look at it, I think he suits City so well because if you put him in Liverpool side, for example, he doesn't score them goals because the requirement of a striker in a clock team is you have to press, you have to be more than just a goal scorer. We've had like, you know, we've had you have to be involved in the build-up as well. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. It's just, I think he suits City because they've got so much quality in and around him that that part of his game is, you know, he doesn't need to really implement it as much. Whereas if you put him, like say Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, you put him in them teams, it's a different dynamic altogether. But City are so good, he can do basically what he wants. And if he scores... Let's say eleven in seven or whatever it is. <laughs> Who am I to talk? Tell? Who am I to say say anything? Yeah. But it's just well, it's just my thought on it. That was all. Well, and to be fair, another record broken as well. The first player to score four, um, in four consecutive away games. First Premier League player. I don't know about other leagues. But yeah, look, I get what you're saying. And being an Arsenal fan, I'm always going to put Henri above and beyond any other striker because he just brought, he brought different things to his game. That is the level that people expect him to get to I reckon that that's what point. that's my point I think that's what it is with me I'm looking at it from a football purist and what I like is your Suarez your Henri your Drogba your Diego Costa that type of player where even if they don't score you go oh what a game that guy had what a game the mm. way he bullied the defenders the way that he that he's you know held the ball up or he flicked it on and with Haaland I don't see him do any of that other than you go oh he scored again but then if you watch the rest of the 85 minutes that he's on the pitch apart from that two or three minutes where he scores the goal, you don't really mm. see him doing an awful lot. And I do, I do get where got... you're coming from. Like if, if I watched the Wolves game back, um, I wouldn't. I, I would know that he wasn't the best player on that day. I know play, mm. other players stood mm. out. Um, yeah. And the only reason he was really t- spoken of was because he scored again yeah. and because yeah. he's been scoring. However, De Bruyne was better than him on the day. Foden I mean, actually had a about. really good game. Yeah. Uh, Grealish got a goal. You know, he made himself a bit more known to to the game he yeah. was a bit more involved there's a lot of people there this is the thing he's surrounded by so much talent he doesn't necessarily need to do everything at the moment no. because he's got other players too um in a couple of years time two or three seasons when de bruyne is on his way out this could all change he might need to step up that game and by then he probably will have done but yeah. i do agree with what lee said uh, i think he is like rewriting the football dip dictionary for a number nine i think he's bringing mm. th- that description back to what a number nine should be and what a number nine should be doing um but yeah look wolves away it's never an easy game and for me this is just showing the competition that our teams are up against this season arsenal people can sit there and say we're title contenders you go and watch city and you completely mm. change your mind because you're just looking at them easy. and you're thinking they are just they are ridiculous but you know what? competition just just got, just on the wolves game right there was a period in the first half before before they went 2-0 down. So they went 1-0 down really early. Before they went 2-0 down, they had a, a five or ten minute spell where they, they, they kind of pressed City and they got a few opportunities. It wasn't clear-cut opportunities, but they got, I think Pedence had a goal, uh, a, a decent shot saved. 
I think Neto missed a good chance where he didn't, mm. I don't think he got it on target. But then they retreated back and then City took, yeah. just took over. And I think what, what I want to see from teams when they play City is, and I think this is one of the reasons why Liverpool have done so well against them in recent seasons, is because you, you press them. As soon as you mm. press them, yeah, they are good enough to get out and you do have to run the risk of being caught because they are good enough to beat you on the press. But when you can nick the ball off from high in the high on the pitch around like sort of Rodri or the back four when they push up to sort of just before the halfway line, you get a lot of joy and they do make mistakes. We've seen this season how many goals they've actually conceded from yeah. team like Newcastle when they played them. They played so well they got three one up and then they retreated back. As soon as they retreated back, City went boom 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 two goals straight away. You've got yeah. to be able to maintain a high press against City for the whole game. And that's where you'll get joy. If you just sit back and give them time to pop the ball around, you're asking to get slapped. Yeah, I mean, I just the, want to see managers the red be a card bit didn't help either. What a brutal, what a brutal no, challenge no. from Nathan Collins, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, great start for him. But for, I think for me, with Wolves, they just need to hit the ground running. I think they've got all the talent there in the attack, but they just haven't started scoring, so they haven't boosted their own confidence. And to me, striker. I think. <laughs> I think the inclusion of Diogo Costa will be a good lift for them. Um, I think yeah. someone like him coming yeah. into that team is exactly what Wolves need because uh, they've got Neto, Podence. I love Podence. Uh, I've always rated him as they've a player. Got a lot of nice, they've got a lot of nice footballers where, like you say, yeah. they're technically very good. They're very they're very silky and very smooth, but you just need someone at the end of the day who's going to run for a yeah. brick wall and score. You just need a powerhouse now. through the middle. Yeah, yeah. You need a powerhouse through the middle. Someone who's going to just rough start people scoring up and, goals. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of them ones where do. if you put it in the ball, it's, it just comes off his face or his knee and it ends up. In, mm. Do you know what I mean? Someone like that where they're not... Shithousery goals sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's perfect for them. He's perfect for them. He really is. If he can read this, if Costa can rediscover any sort of the form we saw at Chelsea... Even if he's not, no, he's not probably not going to get twenty goals. But if he can get ten goals from in all competitions this season, and he can give them that physical presence up front, someone who, when the ball goes up to him, it sticks. He can he can hold the ball up. He can try and bully the centre halves, rattle the centre halves, put them under pressure. Then I think he'll be all right. And he's so different to what they've had before. So I'm quite excited to see. I like Wolves as a football club. I like their manager. I like their team. I like their players. And I just think they, like you say, they just need a bit more of a, a bit more bite and a bit more nastiness about them. I think Costa mm. will bring that. And they've got a hell of a midfield as well. So just adding mm. Costa to that, you know it's going to be problems. But yeah, They'll this was fun, a this fun. was a result that I was surprised at. Newcastle won, Bournemouth won. Look, I did my mm. fantasy Premier League. I was looking at the fixtures and I was like, oh, Newcastle, time to triple everyone, park. Bang you know, bang get up. everyone in, get everyone in, get Isaac bang in, up. get everyone. Um, and yeah, it just didn't happen for them. Obviously, Newcastle, though, they've got a lot of history with Bournemouth. Eddie Howe himself... Callum Wilson, you know, Ryan Fraser. <laughs> it's, it's like a ticking time on the back and forth. But for me, I just thought the Bournemouth goalkeeper had an unbelievable game. I think that's all it was. Um, and I didn't actually know about him. I was looking at, like, who he'd played for and stuff. And then I heard on Match of the Day uh, that Neto had played for the likes of Valencia, Juventus. You know, mm. he's actually a really experienced goalkeeper. But um, what do you think about Bournemouth? Because obviously they started off really badly. Mm. surprisingly got rid of uh, Parker but I mean <laughs> the grass could be green all right <laughs> just, don't, mate, just, just goes, shit. I was I was a real real um I slated Bournemouth when they sacked Parker I thought it was disgraceful mm. mate I really did I, I just I, I wanted them to lose every game from that from that point just for the pure fact that I thought Parker was so hard done by but however weirdly they've actually picked up since he's left yeah, four points out of six. And they've not had the easiest yeah. of games either. Like against Forest, they, they came back. They were 2 0 down against Forest, weren't they? Mm. 
this is, I'm telling you, I, I mean, it just goes to show you, doesn't it? it, it if you get a new voice, new ideas, you, you never know what can happen. And that's why Rogers is in, like we touched on in the beginning, that he's in that sort of shark pool where if the shark bites, it's either going to be make or break. They could either get it really right or get it really wrong. And then, but at the minute, you have to say Bournemouth for getting it really right because they're picking up points. So a point away at Newcastle now is a bloody good point for anyone. Yeah. So, I think anyone would take that this season. I think Newcastle, I think St. James's Park is definitely going to be one of the toughest places to play this season, yeah. without a doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, Newcastle did throw absolutely everything at them. Uh, and to be honest, their goal came from a penalty. So that says it all for Bournemouth. Like, um, But yeah, Neto made some great saves to prevent that. But it's a good result from him. It was a good, it was a well-taken finish from Philip Billing. And I still don't think the grass is going to be much greener. Um, without Scott Parker, I don't. I think they. I think these are two good results, but I think you know you've played Forest, you've played you've played Newcastle. You've got a good result there. Next time round, okay, they've got they've got Leicester in the next two games, but I think soon they'll start feeling like okay, this is the proper you know, this is the proper mm. league. This is what we're up against. They'll get a wake up call. Massively. Thing is, mate, if they if they didn't spend much in the summer, so if they can get to the if they can get to the January window and be you know in and around 15th to bottom, even yep. if they're bottom, if they can be within two, three, four points in January of the teams above them or in and around them sort of teams or two or three points ahead of the teams below them, they can spend a bit of money in January. And who knows, they might give themselves half the chance. I do agree with you. I do, I do think the bubble will burst eventually and it only mm. takes two or three tough, you know, they could end up playing like, I don't know their fixtures, but let's just say they get a, a Tottenham away, Arsenal at home, City at home. And all of a sudden they're on the back of a free free losses. It, it, it all of a sudden the the morale changes and and it and it can change the outlook of stuff. But at the minute you have to say fair play to um, what's his name Gary O'Neill, isn't it? Yeah. Um, fair play. Yeah, to he's, him. He's, he's he's putting a good name out there for himself, you know. Mm. And like like we were just saying with the whole Rogers business, there ain't many manager out there at the moment to come and step in. So no, yeah. if you can make a good name for yourself and keep a good thing going. Yeah, why not? Why not keep him in charge? Because, you know, who else is there? Who's who's the competition? Um, but yeah, look, a p- two points lost for Newcastle, I reckon, because, you know, they've at the moment they've been setting a, a, sending a message that they're this new team rebuilding and they want to be up there again. They want to be amongst the top six, the top eight. Results like this, they'll want to be winning them 2-3-0. Um, Isaac getting off the mark at St. James's Park, so he'll be pleased. But yeah, we were just talking on their... <laughs> On Forest and their comeback to them, what is going on with Forest? Too, mean, many, too, too many players, mate. We said it at the it start is. of the season when Fulham done it. They did a similar sort of thing. They started off pretty well, and then all of a sudden it just collapsed. And I think that's what's happening. There's too many players too, trying to integrate twenty three or twenty four players. You need to be an incredible good manager to do that, don't it's you? Too like, much, you need mate. to be. If I think manager of the season level if you did that if you managed to put an entire team together finish in a in a good enough standard place in the premier league i think you're up there because it is it's impossible when you're up against the teams that are in the premier league at the moment look how high the competition is right look at all the teams that are going to be down there this season at the moment west ham are somewhere down there and then you've got teams like um fulham that are playing above expectation like it's you don't know where you you don't know where you fit in, and then meanwhile you're having to put all of this together. It's any crazy. any manager any manager will tell you, or any or any players that play will tell you. There's the the the, the thing that players like the most, the managers like the most, is consistency and 
and having rhythm and and you know working with with you know you get your spine of your team for a good two or three seasons and then you build around around the spine of your team with with different players that offer different teams trying to trying to do that whilst competing in the Premier League with 23 players, trying to find out what they're good at, what they're not good at, who you can trust, who you can't trust. Mate, it's, it's too it's much. just that as well. The players that he's actually got to work with, I still don't think they're good enough level. Uh, like you look at Gibbs White, don't get me wrong, promising talent, probably looks the best of their bunch at the moment, the way he's playing. He seems, he seems like an important player. Mm-hmm. However, him, Ben Johnson, they're sort of players that they're not going to step up quickly enough. And then you've got to work and put it all together time. anyway. It's going to take too much time. And I think I think they're just going to get left behind. They're going to, uh, they're going to be one of them teams, mate, where they win one that you don't expect them to win and then they lose two against the ones you should expect them 100%. to win. 100%. They're, they're, they're going to go and like get that. a good result somewhere and then it'll be a case of this where they're back to square one. Yeah. Like letting slip a two-goal lead against Bournemouth mm-hmm. at home and then they're at home to Fulham. They're 1-0 up and then they're losing 3-1, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You, you won't get away with yeah. it. You're, you're going to get found out. It's it's a massive I actually, concern. I, I, I actually think that if it doesn't go well for them, he'll get sacked, mate. That, that, yeah. For no matter how well he's done for them, if it continues, with, you know, any manager who gets five, six, seven losses on the bounce, or if they were to get, if it was to get that bad for Forrest, he'll be gone, mate. And yeah. the problem is, there, there's no. I don't think there's enough of a excuse for him now because. They've invested. They've just brought you know in the, more players than what yeah. I've ever seen a, a club bring in. So we can't sit there you know, and say, do you know what the problem oh, is I haven't sometimes. got this. Do you know what the problem is sometimes with the Premier League as well is the owners look at it and go, the only way we can attract a certain type of manager is by being in the Premier League. And if we don't pull the plug while we're in the Premier League, we're never going to get a level of manager that we want if we drop back down. So that's why I think a lot of owners, when they look at it and they get to January and they start going, oh, you know, we're struggling here. I think that sometimes they go, yeah, but... I've had an inkling that a top manager who's in another who's been in another league, we could get him in. You know, we'll get him in now because if we get relegated, he ain't coming. So I think that that's sometimes in the owners' thinking as well. No matter how well he done from last season, Norwich Forest shouldn't be in the Premier League because they weren't. Yeah. They shouldn't be there. They they're living them. I they think were this living, was the point. A lot, a lot of people wanted them to come up just for the case of like the away day and just for the fact yeah. they've got nostalgia. history in the Premier League it's and it's, it's massive for the team, but realistically they shouldn't be there it, they shouldn't be there they just that's why they signed way so too many much players. to do that's why they mm. signed so many players because their team was their team was would have been pummeled every week so mm. they have to have I think to a sign. lot of their players were on loan as well weren't they so yeah. they just yeah they were basically starting from square one be interesting like I say it's still early enough for them so if they can if they get their act together they can pick up some results we've seen them they can they've done it this season they've, they've picked up good results so They've just got to find a bit of consistency and find their... He needs to find his, you know, seven or eight sort of bankers that are his first name on his team sheet and then fill the rest of the side, the rest of the squad with the new players that he's brought yeah. in. But I think it's just... Because at, at the moment, he's just testing the water, isn't it? Like, Chopping and changing he, each week. Yeah, he's he's starting Alan E and then he's not. And then he's starting um, Ben Johnson over him instead. I think he needs to just get some sort of shape, figure out what he wants to do and just mm. stick with it and work with it. Because in this game, there's no room for that. There's no room to just keep also making seen these decisions as well, and changing. There's, it's, it's, there's been different um, tactics that he's used. So some of the games they've played, they've pressed really high with like Lingard and people like that. Then in other games, they've retreated back. And then there's been other games where they've sort of done neither nor. They've sort of done an in-between where they've sort of sat in, pressed for 10 minutes, then sat in. I think they've just got to, like you say, figure out 
the tactics that best suit the players that he's got, find a team and a spine of players that he best think he thinks is his, you know, his, the, the people he can rely on and then try and go from there. But I think he's a little bit torn between how tactically they approach different teams. Yeah. So, yeah, like needs, I say, time will tell. It's, it's an unfortunate one because he seems like he's done a lot for him, especially last season. And But yeah, I feel like the inevitable is going to happen. I think they're just going to keep crumbling and unfortunately he's going to pay the price because he is the man in charge. Although it's a job that not even not even Pep or Klopp are going to walk in and do straight away because you're working poison with things chalice, you don't mate. know. Yeah, it's a poison chalice for him. It's like he's either going to fr- he's either going to do what he done last season, which is thrive under under the pressure of, of being of do, of being there and and trying to do something that let's face it, we all shouldn't actually do, um, mm. or he's going to just crumble and he'll be out the door. Hundred um, percent. Aston Villa one, Southampton nil. Look, Steve Gerrard. I'm still a bit big result. Big result it's a big me. result for them because they needed a win. They needed something under their belt. Like You could see how much it means to him. But my point was, it shouldn't have got to this stage where they're you know, fist-pumping in the air over 1-0 wins against Southampton at home. Villa think, have got a quality squad. Yeah, quality I think, I think it, it was relief. I think it was relief for the players. It was relief for the manager. They needed a win. They got a win. And now hopefully he'll be hoping that that, that breeds confidence. And, and I think that's all it is with Villa. I think that they're, that if you look at, I mean, it, it doesn't help when you bring it, you, you don't fancy Tyrone Mings. You drop him, you relieve, you strip him on the captaincy. You buy a new centre-half who's, who's renowned as a top defender in Europe. And then after one gets game, injured. Goes, <laughs> gets injured. And then you've got to put in the guy who you've already told isn't good enough for your side. That's never an easy thing to do. However, they have underachieved massively with that squad mm. but I don't think you can blame just Gerard. you see the mistakes that they make you know certain mistakes they're not they're not a man like you can see a, a, like players make mistakes and you know that's not the manager's fault yeah how can he help some of them mistakes like Tyrone Mings or Consar dilly-dallying on the ball at centre-half I know that he will give them the instructions to he doesn't want them just to lump it he wants them to play out from the back you know but there is certain times where, as a manager, you must think to yourself, "Why? Wow, how? Yeah. How can I use your common sense?" And I think that's where they are with with Villa. I think there's a lot of talent in that team. I think McGinn's had a poor season. Um, yeah, they rely the on team... him a lot as well. To be honest, McGinn. Yeah, I think I think, I think McGinn I think... is very very like. I think if he's not if he's if he's playing well, the whole team works. But yeah. I think he's, if he's one not, guy. It so, kind so... of all falls apart. One guy they miss when he's not playing is the guy that Luke's just mentioned, is Ramsey. Yep. What a talent that guy is. And I think when he doesn't play, he gives them so much energy and, and legs in midfield. And when he doesn't play, they haven't really got another midfielder who can do that. Whereas McGinn's yeah. quite McGinn's a bit like a younger Milner. He'll, he'll battle and he'll scrap. And he's not really that good on the ball, but he'll battle, he'll scrap. He'll set the standards for everyone else in terms of work rate and attitude. Douglas Costa, Douglas, Douglas, Douglas Louise, sorry. Louise, he'll, yeah. He's very... He's very tidy on the ball, but he's not really someone who offers much more than that. Just he's a tidy oh. footballer. I think the new guy played to Ramsey though. Look at who he's playing with: Douglas Luiz, John McGinn, and Coutinho. Mate, he and he's is such a ta- he's such a talent, mate. He's such a talent. Mm. And I think you, it's 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 a bit like um, and I always bring it back to sort of Liverpool analogies, but it's like the Henderson factor when when he's playing Henderson, it's like you don't really mind Samachi sort of yeah okay but then when he's not there you're like oh my god we miss Henderson and I think Ramsey's that for, for Villa when he's playing you go wow what a player but then when he's not there you're like my god do they miss Ramsey and I think um, I think Ollie Watkins as well they're starting to be a question mark over him for me 
Yeah. He's got all the attributes to be a top striker, but he doesn't get the numbers and he doesn't get he's a bit thirty like million, said, thirty million paid for him as well. Let's not yeah, I think you look at like you look at someone like Ivan Tony, if you put an Ivan Tony in Villa, I think he double he doubles what Watkins scores in a season. I think the thing is as well is Watkins always went like when he was at Brentford, he was the man that you know, he was the man that everyone had lies on. Mm. At Villa, he's got Danny Ings. That, he's got to try and work with that next to him. I'm and just to be not honest, sure what neither of them it? are living up to standard. But Danny Ings no. is getting old. He's getting on. So I'm not going to sit there and slander him too long because Danny Ings shouldn't be relied upon. He's getting to the point now where, yeah, look, he's getting game time and he's probably relieved. But he's not the player he once was. He's 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 not going to hit you 12, 15 goals every no. season. It's just not going to happen, whether you've got the service or not. Um, but yeah, look, I think I think as well. Great result it's, for Villa. It's a bit. It's a bit of um, like we said with with Forrest. Is a little bit of. I don't think Gerard knows his best eleven, and mm. I think he's still toying with because a lot of the time they sometimes they set up with a diamond in midfield. Sometimes they so what set happens up as a, when you bring in players like Bailey and Buendia though? Like, how can you put that mm. all together? How does that work? Like, a lot of Aston Villa fans don't get the Coutinho signing because they feel Buendia offers what Coutinho offers, and when you play them both together, it doesn't work. I think yeah. Coutinho gets the gets the nod more often than not because of his reputation as as a better, you know, a higher, more higher profile player. But I think if you ask a lot of Villa fans, they'd like to see Buendia playing more often. Um, yeah, but you can't do. But I agree with that though. You, you can't, can't do both. both. They're too similar. Yeah. Uh, like it just doesn't work. I don't think they connect together really. But on, on paper, Villa Villa's squad is a very good squad, and I, and and they are underachieving. But I think, I think it is it is the problem though result. the fact that they've got they've got too many players that do similar things to same-y, one another. Very samey, yeah. Very samey. They need players that bring a bit of something different. Um, I like Bailey, though. I think Bailey looks good. I think he, he's yeah. been a bit hit. And he's still very young bit, as well. He's been injury-prone since he signed for him, so he's never really had a sort of full season. But I think he's got something a little bit different to the rest of them. He, he's a bit more of a... He reminds me a bit of like Rafinha. Not as good as Rafinha, but that type of left-footed... That type of player, what he does. Dribble Cutting pass inside, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got a bit of that about him. And I think that he could be key for them. But I also think that Watkins needs to pull his socks up and start being the striker that I think many of us thought and believe he probably can be. I'm just not convinced on him, mate. I'm really not. I think he's got all the attributes to do it. I'm just not sure if he's got the desire to be a top striker. Yeah, well, look... Ivan Tony's done it. He's li- he's still living up to potential in the England squad. Well, other than what we're about to touch on in a minute. But talk to me about David Moyes. Everton won West Ham nil. Big big problems for West Ham this season. They finally signed a striker. Got a okay, midfielder though. in as well. Got a winger. And then what is going on? What is go- like they've they brought in Skamaka Corne and Crater. That's a great told, window if you ask me. Told you, mate. My mate Uncle Ben's mate. He ain't. He ain't. <laughs> He ain't what people think he is. I'm sorry. I just their midfield for me is poor. Suchek for me, he's not a good footballer. He's <laughs> he, he's he's a handful when he's an awkward and he's he's like a member Fellaini for United a few years ago. He reminds me of him. Oh, he reminds me of that. But I just don't think their midfield balance is right. I don't like four nails. I don't get four nails as a footballer. I don't see what he brings to them. I don't see what Suchek offers them. I know what Bryce offers. Bryce has got you know great athleticism. He is he's a good footballer, Bryce. I'm not saying he's not a good footballer, but he's not going to impact the game from a centre midfield like a De Bruyne or uh, you know someone of that ilk, like an Odegaard or do you know what I mean? Someone who's going to influence the game. He's not that. He's a he's he's a holding midfielder who you know break up play and he'll 
past left and right and he'll pass backwards and he'll win headers and he'll run around, but he's not going to create nothing. Um, mm. Do you think now... it's a case with him though, where he just, like he's brought these players in, someone like Lucas Pacreta, you've got to fit in. That's in the somewhere. creative, yeah, that's the creation. Yeah, that's that's, the that's what they brought, brought in. Yeah. They've brought in Corne, who looked good, to be honest. That, he was the best him. of a bad bunch for, yeah. for West Ham. He had a few chances. Uh, he looks creative. And then they've still got Declan Rice, who, let's be honest, as much as you want to uh, say anything bad about him, he's not going to get dropped. Um, no, no, no so you've got to fit Declan Rice in. Suchek is probably in there. For Nows, he's probably going to have to make way somewhere for, like, yeah. for Bowen and Cornet. Like, that's, I think it's just like, Maybe of, he just has too much to work with, David Noyes. I think, maybe he just doesn't know what to do. I don't think so. I think he's just a bit... He's, a bit, he's quite loyal to the players that have done well for him already. I think there's a lot of managers who are quite loyal to to players who have, who they can trust, and I just think that like they brought in Antonio is done well for a number of years for West Ham, but he's never going to score you more than sort of ten, fifteen goals in a season. I think fifteen's his ceiling. Mm-hmm. You've paid big money for for this Italian guy, and where is he? Yeah. I know he played in the Europa League games, but. You know, this, if you know, if it were me, I'd be doing the complete opposite. I'd be saving Antonio for Europe, and then I'd play be the, play the new playing, playing Skamaka in the league. I mean, all all the reports from this guy was that he was one of the top strikers in Europe. That he was, you know, he was. I think Arsenal were linked with him at one point. Yeah, we were linked with um, him. Yeah. yeah, and I think, and then you think of like they paid. I think they paid big money for him as well. I don't think he was cheap. It was, no, like 40, was it forty, 40 million, million or something? Yeah. So you know this guy's coming in, and you're thinking, well, you know, you're struggling for get, you're struggling for wins, you're struggling for goals, not just wins, goals. You're playing a poor Everton team, and you're not really. They didn't really create anything. I think yeah, they dominated. I think there was just two. I think Corne had like two chances. That was it. And yeah. then a wasted. They dominated a lot of the play in terms of box to box. They dominated a lot of possession, but they didn't really do anything with it. Bowen looks like a bit of a. He looks like he's struggling for for sort of not. I wouldn't say he's struggling for effort and lacking in attitude or anything like that. He's just struggling for form. Um, mm. I don't really see what Fournals offers. I don't really see what side Bain Rama offers. Um, I think Cornet, like you say, Cornet, every time he plays... That's what I mean. He, They've got four looks, wingers. How, well. how do you work with, how do you work with mm. Cornet, Ben Rama, mm. Fournals and Bowen? How, uh, how does that work? And then, like, like you that's... say as well, you're, you're trying to incorporate Paqueta, who's obviously another big... And they're trying to incorporate who, a, yeah. an attacking midfielder into that. I think it's just too much on their hand, personally. David Moyes is a good manager, don't get me wrong. And what he's done with him over the last few seasons can't be ignored. But mm. I don't want him he's to punch... I don't worry for West Ham, though, weirdly. I don't worry yeah. for them. I think they'll be fine. I think the new lad at the back, that um, Kera, the German guy they signed, oh, yeah. he, looked, he looked quite good, looked quite solid. Um, big in the area as well. He's big, quite big. I think in the they've box. got. I think they've got enough. I think Cresswell's a decent fullback. Kufal doesn't yeah. offer you a lot going forward. This is a. a I agree. Fullback. I think this is a blip. I think they'll they'll, they'll, they'll rise fine. back up. They'll be fine. I think they just need. Just I think they just need a window under. They need exactly what um what Villa have just got to be honest. Get a win under their just belt win, and yeah, get confident. International break might be teams, good. International break might teams, be good for them. Teams like like your Wolves, like your your Newcastle's, your your Aston Villas, your West Ham's, they're confidence teams. They take confidence when they're winning and when they're not winning, I think they let their heads drop and they maybe don't believe in themselves as much. But I don't think it'll take much for West Ham. I think West Ham will be will be okay. I think they'll be more than okay. They're not gonna be in trouble. hundred percent. And last but not least, I'm gonna quickly whiz over the Arsenal game, but I know that we wanna to touch on England as the international break is coming up. And there it is. Look, I'm not going <laughs> to... 
<sighs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna be one of these fans that gets too excited. But no Get one is sitting there. No, no, Get no one is sitting. No one be? is sitting there and telling me there is not at least two Arsenal players in the team of the season so far. No one can sit there and tell me because I'll argue with you until the cows come home. Saliba, what brilliant. another brilliant performance brilliant. from him. I don't think brilliant. he's actually... Uh, he's actually scored an own goal and he's still been one of the best centre-backs in the league this season. It, minus the of the own goal, but yeah. Uh, great little... he, he was my player to watch, by the way. Just, just, yep. just saying. It, it was a good shout as well because um, I thought they would... To be honest 21 with you... Years old. 21 I, years old. The one thing I'll say though, Ben White playing at right back has given him more game time because I don't think he'd have been used as much as what he has been already. Um, I think he's had to step in because Ben White is being used in another area. But it's good. You know, it's a good Doesn't thing. Yeah, Saliba's come in and if that he gets in any... He he get Right now, as it stands, he he's gets the first in, player not dropped. He, yeah, no, he, no, no. But he gets in every other team in the league and that includes City and Liverpool. He starts for City and Liverpool. That's, That's how good that guy is. Yeah. He does. Look, look, for me, I don't want to get. I don't want to put him on pedestals that he's not yet quite ready for because I feel like we have got other. We've got October coming up where we play Spurs and yourself. So I'm going to look at that sort of game and I'll be like, right listen, now, the big listen, test. you can't, you can't, you can't. Like, uh, it's a bit like Harland with me and what I said. You can't really judge him on things he hasn't done yet and that's what I've yeah. done with Haaland and I, and I should really apply that to Saliba because I've, it flips the other way with Saliba you can't you can only judge him on what he's done and all he's done is perform brilliantly same with Haaland I can't really shouldn't really judge Haaland on the stuff that he hasn't done I should judge him on the stuff that he has done so really and truthfully if you look at it Saliba's come in he's given a new lease of life and, and competition to Gab Gabriel and Ben White they now know that they can't slip up because, you know, he is the number one on the team sheet now. Yeah, he goes, He's... Saliba goes nowhere at the moment. The mm. only fortunate thing for the other two is, is that we're about to hit a big run of games. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, I, I read, I heard in Arteta's interview, Saliba had one training game before that. He spent 10 days without training, trained once and then started. And that's how he came in. But Luke's got a good point about the injuries. Because see, I looked at the lineup and I was like, oh no, the first thing that, hit my mind was Odegaard I thought right mm. this is interesting because he's been such an important piece of the puzzle I thought he's been one how's of my this going to work he's and yeah he my, has he's been, he's been really really good players. to be honest he would, I liked he would, him he would probably if it weren't for De Bruyne playing as brilliantly as what mm. he is Odegaard probably sits in there in, in terms of one of the best 10 so far this season I, um, I really like when you got him on loan a couple of was it a couple of seasons ago you got him on loan yeah, I, I saw him play a couple of games and I thought, oh, this guy's good. This guy's good. He reminds me of Ozil, but he's got the work rate of Henderson. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's got that, he's got the quality <laughs> of Ozil. probably the most bizarre, got, bizarre you know comparison what I mean? I've ever he's got, he's, He works so hard, but and he's just as good as Ozil. Yeah, and I, I, I do understand what you mean. He's such a good player, mate. He's such a good player. And, but yeah, um, for me, for me with Arsenal... The good thing is now the difference is now when we have when we have injury problems, not everywhere, but we can resolve them quickly. Mm. Last season, an injury to our left back would see Cedric switching you sides to, to the you left. Have to, you have to give Arteta oh. praise because he gets a, he got a lot of stick last season, especially in January when you didn't sign a striker, you didn't sign the players that the fans thought he should sign. But he's now gone out in the window, him and Edu, and bought the players in that 
you needed to strengthen in certain areas. You needed a central midfielder, he's got it. Mm. You needed a backup left back, you've got it. You needed a centre half so that you can have the option to push, push Ben White to right back. He's done that. Or by all right, and I know Saliba's not a new signing, but you've brought him back from loan. You've brought in a, a backup goalkeeper because Leno was going. You've brought in a striker who offers you more than just hold up play. So really and truthfully, if you look at Arteta, he fixed every issue. I know that you'd say that obviously there would still like to be maybe one or two just for the depth. But if you actually look at it on paper, he's addressed all the things that were wrong last season. He's put them right this season. And you're reaping the rewards for that because you're winning the games that you should be winning. Do you know what I mean? Whereas last season, you drop points in certain games and you'd go, Arsenal should win that game. You're not doing that Mm. so far this season. So far, so so good. Look, we've we've won um, six out of our seven, so I'm not going to complain. And the United game, there were some promising signs. It was good to see Kieran Tierney come back in. Um, Look, the thing is with some of our fan base, and it goes with the same for Odegaard and Vieira, they can't compliment one without slandering the other or knocking down Mm. the other. It's good to have the problem we have at the moment. We have a lot of good players. Um, Tierney being one of them. Tierney is not a bad player. He had a great you, performance. Do you also uh, know what I think as well it is with Arteta? And there's repercussions now for if you don't play well. So, you know, like last yeah. season when, you, for instance, Tierney had a bad game, there was no one else going to take his spot. Gabriel and yeah. Ben White, if, he had a bad, if they had a bad game, no one else was coming in. If Odegaard didn't play well, no one else was coming in. If Lacazette didn't play well, no one else was coming in. Whereas now... That's completely flipped on his head. Tierney yeah. knows he's got Sinchenko breathing down his throat. Tomiyasu knows that now Ben White has proven he can play right back. Gabriel knows that Ben White can still slot in at centre-half, so if he has a bad game, he's in. You've got Vieira now who comes in if Odegaard's not playing well. You've got uh, Jesus, obviously, is the number one striker, so Enketia knows I have to take my chance when it comes to me. I think the mm. only issue I'd have is possibly Saka and Martinelli are the only two that maybe don't have the competition with because Smith yeah, Rowe. I, I think the really thing is as well, Smith Rowe is apparently is due to his growth. So Smith Rowe has had some injury problems due to his mm. growth, which okay, fair enough. I can understand that. He's young and his body's probably moving too quickly for what he's expecting. Um Zinchenko is a bit of a worry. I'm starting to be a bit concerned with what is going on in the medical room because we've had eight injuries now in the space of six, seven games. So, you know, something's but obviously going on the, in the, the air. The football it's, is coming thick and fast, though, mate. There's no, it's no coincidence that you started playing your open this football. Is, this is what worries me, though, is the fact that we're picking up these injuries. Yeah, OK, it's good it's happening now and not in October. But we haven't even hit the peak of our of our schedule yet. We're about to hit it. What's going to happen then? Liverpool started the season with 12 players injured. <laughs> you consider yeah. yourself lucky. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> you've got a point. But one player I do want to talk on before we go into England is Jacka. What yeah. a performance again. And Dale, look, you can sit there, you can argue <laughs> that this guy, he has answered every single critic. He... Redemption. It's absolute redemption for for the last two or three seasons, I think it's been now. Fans have been on his case. Fans have said, look, Jacko is not my captain. People wanted him sold last summer. In the summer window, people wanted him gone. They they didn't want any sort of competition or replacement. Uh, No, they wanted him replaced, gone out the door. I've always said from day, we didn't need a replacement for Jacko. We needed competition and some perhaps better players around him and someone that can fit in next to him like over party because party's got fitness issues. I've said that from day one and he's starting to put proof in the pudding. Phenomenal performance. The pass for the second goal was just a joke. That Jesus goal was 
just a brilliant assist. And then, yeah, Fabio Vieira, he, he, he's, he's again, he's come in and he's done something that... He, he's given Arteta a problem because he's put on a good performance. He's got a cracking goal. And it's like, all right, but you've got to keep doing it now. Instead, I'm seeing Arsenal fans saying, oh, Odegaard's not coming back in this team. He's a bloody skipper. Of course he is. He'll be back as soon as he's fit. Like, this is what people need to understand. Vieira is good, but don't make him run before he can walk because he's still got a lot to learn. He's still only young. It's one game against Brentford. And I'm not going to give any disrespect to Brentford, but we battered them in that game. There was, there was no, there there wasn't one bad player. It was probably my hardest game I've ever watched and had potentially give a man at a match for I wouldn't have been able to call it if I was doing it professionally um but yeah on in my opinion Jacker was just above everyone else I thought consistently he was good the fact that party was back as well and he still managed to stand out and this is the thing with Jacker he's had to work with a lot of different players next to him and he's still getting the job done so far seven all seven games he, he's been at least do above know, and beyond do you, know what it is with, do you know what it is with Jacker? it's because he's been so ineffective for so many years for Arsenal he's been you know the disciplinary issues the the way that he got you know stripped of the captaincies burn a lot of bridges with a lot not necessarily just Arsenal fans but the outside fans looking in nobody rates him so now that the Arsenal fans are starting to see him in a different light and actually seeing what he can offer but I also think he's one of them players where he's not really an eight but he's not really a six he's sort of like a hybrid in between he's not really Mm. someone who you can sit and defend and, and break up play but then he's also not someone that's gonna like a Thiago where they're going to dictate the tempo. He's a bit of a hybrid player for me. And he's a little, maybe like you say, with the the impact of Odegaard, Vieira, the fact that party's now back fit and they can offer him a bit more support and there's a bit more quality around him. Maybe you'll see more of Xhaka's better attributes coming out. Whereas mm-hmm. before you saw more of the negative ones and the things that he doesn't offer. Whereas now you're starting to see maybe actually he offers a bit more than what we thought he did. So, yeah, fair play to him. Listen, he's, he's, he's doing well. But Arsenal, it helps when Arsenal are playing well as a, as a unit, as a team. If everyone else around you is playing well, it's easier for you to play well. Whereas if everyone else around you having a nightmare, you get dragged into that. So it might that's, just yeah, be a case that's of... That's very true. Like, like I said, in that game, there was dozens of names I could have thrown out there and said, like, mm-hmm. Tierney, very good. Xhaka, very good. Saka, very good. Um, Jesus finally getting a goal, you know, like... He's not scored since Leicester, so I was pleased for him to get off the mark again because that's what we want to see him doing is scoring. As good he is in, in terms of the build-up, we want to see him scoring goals. But it's all working um, and we've got big tests coming up in a couple of weeks against Spurs and yourself. So it's I'm a good time for us to bounce back. I'm going to the Emirates, mate. I'll be there. I'll be meeting you before and I'll just be I'll saying, be, look, I'll you know what's coming. The, I'll be there. I'll be in the Arsenal end with my... Uh... I'm gonna be like, look at that, look at that, look at that scouser. Um, I'll be there, mate. Great, great performance from Arsenal. I do want to, before we wrap up, I want to touch on England very quickly because there were some divided opinions. Mm. But talk to me, where do you think Southgate got it right and where do you think he got it wrong? Well, let me start off. Two names that should be nowhere near that team sheet is Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire. No, it shouldn't be anywhere near it. If I was Ben White, I would be absolutely fuming. How the hell can Harry Maguire be anywhere near that? He can't even start for Man United in the Europa League, let alone starting for England in a World Cup. I mean, seriously, if we go into that game, into the World Cup with Harry Maguire, 
I'm sorry. You've got the likes of Ben White, who is playing brilliantly in a team that's playing brilliantly. And I'm glad that Tamori's in. I'm glad that, obviously, John Stones is in. I'm glad that Eric Dyer's in. I think Eric Dyer deserves to have his chance back in the Indian team. And I think with England, you know what the most annoying phrase with England is for me? He's never let, he's never let Southgate down. That phrase is exactly why England will never win anything. Because we've gone to two tournaments with the players who have never let him down. So what we're going to do, we're going to take them same players to talk to the next one and then go, oh, he's never let Southgate down. They have. They have let Southgate down. England's target is to win the World Cups and win European Championships. I don't care if you get to the final and lose. You didn't do what you set out to do. So you, we can all clap and say, oh, we're proud of them and this, that and the other. We should be, if, we, if our target is winning, then we should be winning. And anything less than winning is a failure. If you say, oh, our target's the semi-final, and we get to the final, fair enough. You say we've, not, we've overachieved, but the expectation is we should be winning. And mm. to go to keep using the same players that we've used before and not won, that's just madness to me. When now that it's been another year or so on from the Euros, um, there's better players out there now than the players yeah. that he keeps picking. I think Luke's got it spot on there as well. He is just he's just sticking with his gut. He's just going with what he knows. Mm. Um but I think the two players you, you named definitely the first that was two the first two that probably first raised two alarm bells for a lot of people, especially Man United fans. I think Man United fans would probably even look at it yeah. and think, okay, why I are you taking them but you're not you know taking Sancho? Say? It just doesn't do you, add up. Do you know what I would say is the sure one, obviously Ben Chilwell is going to be number one as a left-back option, but I don't think if you look at elsewhere around the league, is there really a, another English left-back who you would say goes... I think that's no. why Shaw's there. And I can understand that. They're all that. just promising, really, aren't they? Like, you're yeah, at, you're looking at... Tyreek Mitchell's probably the next one I can think yeah. of, really. This is, <laughs> I think that's the problem. I think the Shaw one is a lack of options. We haven't got the array of talents at left-back as we have got at right-back. That's the other thing I want to touch on. I think he's got a, 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 he's got to stop with his four right-backs nonsense. Mm. Because you're, 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 you're taking four right-backs or you're putting four right-backs in the squad and then you're only picking five central midfielders. That, to me, is a concern. I think you've got a nail down. I think if Walker... I think you take three, just purely because of this is how I would look at it, is that Walker can play as in a back three and a right-sided centre-half, and he offers you that pace. And then you've got James and Trent, who can offer you as the wing-back options. And then also, if you play in a back four, you've then got Trent, James and Walker, who all kind of offer different things. Whereas Trent's brilliant going forward. James is a bit of both. And... uh Walker is probably the best defensively. So I think that you can kind of take your pick depending on who you're playing. But I think four is too much. I don't yeah. want to see Trippier at left back because it doesn't work. Um, for me, it would be Walker, Trent and, and James. I don't think Trippier gets in for me. But again, it's that saying of, you know, Trippier's never let England down and I understand all that. But he ain't better than the other three. So for me, he doesn't go. I think it's an experience thing with Trippier as well, is the fact that he has been around, but it's time to move on. Yeah. Like, it's time to yeah. make other people leaders because if we just keep relying on and them, the thing we're going to be well, here think, the cows come home. I think that, and the debate around Trent and, and his defensive work, and it's, which is fine, if you don't rate Trent, don't pick him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Why you, you don't want to play him. There's been so much said about that he doesn't play him, doesn't trust him defensively. Then why pick him? Don't pick him. Because if he's just going to go and sit there on the bench and, and on, on, what does he offer an England team if the, if you don't trust him defensively? Because England don't give Trent the freedom to express himself like Liverpool will. So if you don't trust him defensively, which I don't agree with, by the way, I don't think he's a poor defender. He's just having a bad time. But if you don't trust him, if Southgate doesn't trust him defensively, then he shouldn't be in the squad because the England are a defensive team. 
So it doesn't work. So if you've got James and you've got Walker, just stick with them two and then give yourself more options in midfield. For taking an extra two or an extra one right back, you're taking away from a striker or a winger or a midfielder that you can take. So for me, again, that's a it's a weird one. I don't get it. Yeah, I, th- I think with me, I think Sean and Maguire, I, I definitely agree with. I thought Connor Cody was a bit of an odd one. I looked at that and I just thought, I mean, mm. I can't say I've been watching a lot of Everton because I know they've been playing I well. I think but it's leadership. Seen, it's leadership. Yeah, I think, I think it is a case of what what I just said with the whole chippy yeah. thing. Is someone that can perhaps experience, you know have a backbone, you know, a shoulder do, for for the young. Do you know boys. what I think as well in a World Cup? In a World Cup, it's quite good to have good characters in the dressing room as well. So he's not someone who's egotistical. He'll be a model professional. Like if he's not playing, he'll rally the other players who are playing. He's a good influence in and around the dressing room as well as being a good player. Cody's not a bad player, but I think that that's something that Southgate's looking at. That he's someone that will. Encourage. I thought, I thought Ward Prowse like was an interesting call up as well. Um, I think he deserves it, doesn't he? I think he, he offers. I think. Offers I think something. what goes in his favour is that he plays differently to a lot of the other players. I think if do. Henderson if Henderson was fit, you may not have seen him. Yeah, I think I this think is it. Possibly. I think he plays. I also think as well. There's 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 a little bit of there might be a little bit of Southgate using these two friendlies to try and. Um, sort of the, the fringe players, if you like, or the players who he's not too sure on. He brings yeah. them in to give a try and one cut, last Try and of, cut some wood, yeah. I suppose. Like He's just, just trying to yeah. get rid of some options, see who's see who's actually amongst the options yeah. and see who he's I think just going to he cut knows, his losses with. I think he knows probably 12 to 15 definites. And then I think the rest is... I think it's a 28-man squad, isn't it, that he's taking? Or is it... Thir- I think it's a 30-man squad, this one, because you can get five subs. So I think it's 30. So I think I mean, maybe... He, I think he probably knows ten to fifteen definites, and then the other fifteen. Surely he is... can't get it wrong then. <laughs> if he's well, taking for it, I think it's thirty. Like I'm, think sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I read it was thirty because of the five subs rule, so they've allowed two extra players. Yeah, there, there was just a bit of inconsistency there as well. Taking Sancho and not take and um, no, not taking Sancho and taking Bowen, stuff like that. Just I'm just yeah. thinking about. I, I think um, you've got. An, I think Sancho's got an argument, but I think the problem with Sancho is he's only been good for three or four weeks. But then Bowen, Bowen, no, Bowen just mentioned. Is, yeah, he hasn't. Had, but I think he, he hasn't had I a great think, season at all. So it just it seems like yeah, okay. I, I could get I, keep the San, energy. If Sancho was in, I wouldn't be against it. But I don't think he's. I don't think him or Bowen are really. I don't. It doesn't really either or for me. Yeah, I don't, I'm not fussed really. They're not. Be interesting to see how Rashford does as well because obviously he's really. I, he's well, came Rashford's in like. Injured, doesn't he? Rashford oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been interesting. He would have been in. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sad situation because he came in, and then he'd scored. He came back into the United team, and he'd scored. I think he scored three and four games or something. He scored against yeah, he was us on a twice. Good run, he? Uh, yeah, and he scored, scored against, against you. Yeah. And I was just thinking, right, you know, now's your time where you're going to bounce back and become this guy, be born again. And now he's got the injury. This is his problem. He just needs mm. to stay fit. Because uh, he's up against a lot. I imagine he's going to be playing as a striker for England if he plays. Mm. So he's obviously up against the likes of Harry Kane. And then there's going to be people amongst it like Tammy Abraham or Ivan Tony or mm. whoever gets in there. Do you know um, what I think though? I, I got a feeling that as much as I don't agree with I don't even think, I don't think there's anything Ivan Tony can do that would make him, that would put him on the plane. I really mm. don't. I think it's. I just I, think I, the competition is too. It's hard. too late. No, it's too late. I think Southgate is not somebody who's going to throw like a curveball where you go, "Oh my God, he's taken Ivan Tony." He's going to take players that we've seen before, and like what Luke said, 
he's very loyal to players that have played for him before. But that goes against everything he said when he became the England manager. He said when this... he became, he'd pick players on form when he hasn't done it. Do you think the, the same could be said for, um, we spoke of someone earlier who wasn't chosen. And to be honest, it's probably the one player I look at and I think, um, what? Well, yeah, why are you not going? And it may be a case of the fact that there was a lot of competition in that in that number ten role. James Madison. Do you think the mm-hmm. same could be said for him? That it's just too late. Too late. I, I I think Ben White and James Madison are two that would would look at this, look at not being picked, and say, well, what more do I have to have done? He, mm-hmm. You know, Madison's arguably been better than Ward Prowse. He's been arguably better than Mason Mount. He's you know, arguably been better than Phil Foden. I know Foden's started to pick up in the last few weeks, but I think Madison would find it. I think he would be resigned now to say, well, if I'm not in this squad, I'm not going. I think Tony is one that I think he couldn't ignore just based on the fact that he comes off the back of a hat trick and, and started really well. But again, I don't, I don't see if Rashford being fit and Tammy Abraham are fit and Kane's fit that Ivan Tony makes it. Um, for me, I think it's a bit too late for him, unless unless he comes in in these games and scores two or three yeah. goals, and then he continues, you know, banging five, six, seven, eight goals between now and the break of Brentford, and it's almost all like you can't not take. I mean, but... the, the problem we have is that it's less than two months' time until this election, mm. and you're playing for a club like Brentford. It's not really going. In I, I, I I said at the beginning of the season on one of the first videos that we've done. Southgate already knows that eleven that starts against the first game. Mm. I think I don't know. I don't know who we're playing to be honest. When the first game ran, I think it is. Um, I think Southgate knows that eleven already. I think the goalkeeping situations up for debate as well. I think there's obviously you've got Pope, Ramsdale, and Henderson, but obviously Pickford's definitely going. So one of them three's dropping out. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see which one of them three drops out. I think Ramsdale's definitely number two. I think Pickford's number one. So I think the third spot is between Pope and Henderson. Personally, if it was me, I'd take Pope. Personally. I think, again, I think I'm going to say exactly what I just said in, in terms of um, who you play for. I think Dean Henderson's had hard luck because he's playing for a team that aren't playing well and probably are not going to be playing well in the next two months. Mm. So it's just, And he's not got a defence to cover him, whereas Aaron Ramsdale's got one of the most on-form you know, defences you know so well, far this season. For the one thing that I think is quite important to mention about Wall Prowse and um, Tony is set piece and penalties. Mm. That's a big thing in tournament football, and you do need to have specialists in set pieces and penalties. So maybe that could sway Southgate's thinking. You know, the fact that we lost on a penalty shootout against Italy in the final. Same could be said for Trippier. Let's not forget that Croatia. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You've got a good point there. Trippier is a good set piece taker. I think the difference with Trippier is he's got a lot. He's got three of the best, three of the best right backs in world football mm. in front of him. So yeah. it's not the same up front or or in the midfield where we've got three or four sort of world class players. I would like to just touch on Jude Bellingham. That yeah. guy has to start for England. I don't want to see Jude Bellingham on the bench anymore. This guy's playing against, scoring against Manchester City away in the Champions League. He's playing week in, week out for one of the biggest teams in Europe. He's being one of the best players in one of them teams. He was arguably the best player on the pitch against Man City. The guy has to start. So say we're say we're two months in, first game of the yeah first game of the World Cup. Give me your eleven before we go, and then I'll give you mine. And I want to I want to see the differences. I I think I think he'll, I this is what I think he will do. I think Southgate will go for Pickford in goal. I think he'll go with Reece James at right back at right wing back. 
I think he'll go with a back three of Walker, Maguire, Stones. Jeez, it, against a ramp. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he'll go with a left wing back, left wing back of um, Chilwell. I think he'll go with a midfield two of Rice and, and Rice and Bellingham. I want to say possibly, but then he might go pragmatic and go Rice and Phillips like he normally does. Um, and then I think he'll go with a front three. Five two or, three, interesting. Or it'll probably be a bit of a. It'll be like a five five three five three three five three two or five two three, depending on whether yeah. we've got the ball or not. But I think he'll go with like the Chelsea mould with the two midfielders in the middle, the five at the back, and then three up front. And then obviously the three up front, I think, will be um, Sterling, Kane, and then take your pick of Grealish, Foden. Something along mm. those lines, I think. Something yeah. along those lines. I forgot to touch on that. Grealish getting a goal, actually. Um, bloody hell. Yeah, but the thing is for me, to be honest, I think that's right with what he would go with. Um, I think Grealish will probably depend on form. But he's just coming off a goal. It'll be, we'll I think Grealish will be a pick between him and Foden. I think it yeah. will be a flip of the coin between them two. I think Sterling's going to start. Kane's going to start. Rice is definitely going to start. Um, I think John Stones will start. I think Maguire will start. I think Pickford will start. The thing is, the decision's been made easier for Southgate now as well because Phillips is out injured, right? And I don't think he's going to be fit until World Cup. He's touch and go. Yeah, he's touch yeah. and go. So he's, he's out. He's, he's probably gone. By the time yeah. he comes back, if he needs surgery... I imagine that's going to be at least a month. It, if Kelvin Phillips doesn't doesn't go, I would say that the two in midfield would be Rice and Henderson. And I think Bellingham will be on the bench, unfortunately. I, I, that's not what I would do, but that's what I think Southgate will do. Yeah, I agree with Bellingham, though. I feel like he brings a different flavour mm. to what to what Rice and uh, what the others can do. So personally, I, I completely agree with that. If, I, if, if it was me as a fan and wanting to what I want to see... I want to see a, a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three. I don't want to see a back five. If it was me picking the team and like my team, what I would go with, I would go with Pickford in goal. Um, I'd go with Walker at right back. I'd go with Tamori and um, Stones at centre half. Chilwell at left back. I'd go with a holding midfielder of Rice. I'd play Bellingham. Um, I'd play Bellingham and Foden in the middle. That's a three, and then I'd go with Sterling, uh, Kane. And oh, would I put? I mean, you probably have to go Grealish, I suppose. Yeah, but so that, ex- that would like excite that, me. That's, that would excite that's all guns me. blazing. Like, that's against the Ram as well, you got to look at the opposition. Against the Ram, I would like to see us go and. I don't mean to be rude to Wales, but against any of the three opponents we've got in the group stage, go for it. I'd or love you, to see something like that. Alternatively, what you could do as well is you could take Grealish out, put Foden up with Sterling and Kane and then put like a Mason Mount in with Bellingham and, and Rice, something like yeah. that. But that's what I would like to see, but I don't think that's what we'll do. Southgate likes Mount as well. I feel what, like would you do? A... what would you do? What would your squad be? What would your team be? 4-3-3, uh, three, three, probably. Just keep it standard, or should we say... Who would you play? Who would you Who would you play? First game you ran? I'm not sure about Carl Walker. Sorry, who would you tell? Who, who would you I think? Go? I think I'd have to go James. I just, I, I think okay. James is completely. Who picking in goal? Pickford. Yeah, at the moment, on fitness, probably Pickford. I don't think I'd put Ramsdale in there yet. I've seen a few red flags from Ramsdale. Um, I love him. Don't get me wrong, but I think Pickford. You know, he he paid his dues last last year in the Euros. He made some heroic saves, and yeah. I don't think. I don't think he, he, des- he deserves that. another shot. Yeah, he would. Do. And and even it. what he did for Everton against your lot, I think it was mm. like some of the saves were just He's incredible. Had some good performances, mm. yeah. 
So, yeah, I'd go Pickford, James, obviously Chilwell on the left. That's no argument. Mm. Um, in the middle, Stones and Tomori is an interesting one from what you said. I'd go Stones. I suppose at the moment it would have to be Tomori because if you take Maguire out of that, I'd like to say Ben White, but it's a tricky one because at the moment he's, he's playing He's, he's playing on the right. Yeah, and is he going to go? Uh, he's playing on the right flank at the moment, so he's out of position. So I, I do question if that has something to do with Southgate not, not picking him um, because he's playing on the right back, so he's been considered as that. Uh, yeah, so I'd probably go Stones. Ah, it's a tough one. It'd have to be Stones and Tamori, just based on the fact that at the moment I don't think anyone else is, is going to live up to Tamori's mm. standard. There's, there's a few... It sounds weird, but there's a few skeletons in the dressing room. Um, Dyer will be close to starting. I don't want to say Dyer. Well, who would you be? Come on, come on, don't sit on the fence. Yeah. Come on, you've named your back four. Who, who else you play? Yeah. Um, I think it'll be... I would go, personally. Rice, Bellingham. I'd go Mount. I'd, I think I'd play Mount. Um, so it's like a 4 3 3 attack in a way. And then Sterling, Kane, and I'm going to say Foden. Because I, I think Foden. Yeah, like. Yeah, I think not too many different the... things, really. I think Mount. I think... Ca- I'd play a Cam over. A... Yeah, that's what I want to see. More of a mm. central. Someone who plays in between the lines and can, and can get the ball in the half spaces. But then again. Would that impact Kane's game because Kane likes to drop into them sort of positions? That's but... the thing. Kane plays as a ten and a nine anyway, so I don't mm. really know if you'd need that attacking midfielder. But it'd be, uh, it'd be interesting. Th- I'm looking forward I to think seeing two, how Southgate t- starts I next think, week. To be honest, I think there's four positions that he will be thinking about. I think it's right back. Who starts at right back or right wing back? Who partners Stones at centre half? Mm. Who fits in with Bellingham and Rice? And then who plays up? Who plays wide along with Kane and Sterling? I think they're the four positions that he's probably not sure on. I think everything else he's sure on. He knows he's for the record. Back. If if Madison was going, I'd probably take. I'd probably start him <laughs> mm. because yeah. I I feel like he would bring it all. He hasn't played for England in many many years, and he knows he's getting on. Let's be honest. Just, he's not. Just, the, he's not just, the youngest out of the lot, so he'd want to give. Just touching on the players who didn't get picked, I know we've touched on Ben White and Sancho. Do you know who I was quite surprised who he didn't have a look at? And maybe it's just a little bit early for him, was Harvey Elliott. I think Harvey Elliott had was in for a shout of maybe not not I wouldn't say that he was going to go to the World Cup and possibly because there is a World Cup, which is why he's not been in the squad. But I think he had a good shout for at least having a look at him. Just to see if he offered anything different. I'm not listen, I'm not for one minute saying that he's ready to go to a World Cup because that's not the case. But I think it from his performances this season to be one of the best players in the Liverpool team, regardless of what the form we're in. I think that says a lot for him. And I'm, I was quite surprised. He plays that, centre mid now for you, don't you? Yeah. I, I was just quite surprised that I thought Southgate might have had a sneaky look at him. But My, I only, my, my only debate would right be, time. I don't think he's got sharp enough elbows yet to play at an international no, no. level. No, I'm not saying he has. I just, I just thought maybe as an outside sort of wild card, possibly mm. there was... There it's was not a bad shout. There. I just think he... He needs proper, yeah. He needs a lot more strength to play at the centre midfield level for England. You're, you know, yeah, no, no, listen, I, I just curl. wanted to see what you thought on it. I just there was a few people not, not a bad shout. I mean, they wanted to the, see the, it. He offers something a little bit different to the There's a lot of players in the England under twenty one squad and stuff like that that you look at and you think, when are you going to start giving these people a chance? Oh, That's how we ended up of, with mate. How have we both left Saka out of our starting lineup? Oh my. <laughs> Well, you've made an absolute clanger there. Would Saka not start? Mm, 
that that over, that fo- over Foden. That, that Foden Grealish Saka debate is going to be a big one. But who starts alongside Kane and Sterling? I think it's you know Saka Grealish Foden. That's quite. I think a for big... me it's because I just wanted to keep him fit. No, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about him. I forgot he was in the squad. We've done a disservice to him there because he's he he's in with a shout to start. So you know, um, don't forget. Yeah, don't I mean forget at Saka. the moment. At the moment, I think the problem for me is the fact, going off what Southgate would do, it would be Foden or Grealish, I think. And yeah, then Saka, I think and, then yeah, Saka and Sterling yeah. would probably rotate on the left. Because yeah, from probably. what I remember, last well, Grealish, year... Grealish likes to play off the left as well, doesn't he? Yeah. So, so it all depends on who plays where. Because at the moment, Grealish and Foden are starting together for City. So I don't know yeah. how it's going to work with fitting I, them all in. I, I, I personally think that Foden's better in the middle. In a, in a midfield free rather than a forward free personally. Also, I think Sancho's going to the World Cup, so Big it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be interesting who who's actually there. But Saka probably Sterling Kane Saka actually maybe yeah. Uh, just for mm. the sake, just for the just for the fact. Let us know what do people think. Let us know their yeah. starting lineups in the it's, comments. It's a tough Let... one because Saka and Reese James just raises a few a few red flags for me. It just I think that could all go Pete Tong down that. Let's, down let's that get right. let's get let's get everyone let's get it going on 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 the comments and Twitter and stuff. And yeah, see. let us know who let's you would start them. for England yeah. the first game in the World Cup. But let's wrap up because it is getting late. Anyone that's tuned in, thank you very much. Uh, make sure you smash that like button. Uh, hit the subscribe if you're new to the channel. We're going to be back next week on Tuesday as always. Always. Happy bank holiday, people. Take care for now. See you later, guys. Do not scratch your eyes. You are really serious.